If you keep up with the news headlines, you know there are plenty of things to be concerned about. Now, as always, there's war in the Holy Land and in Ukraine, women and children killed in an earthquake in Afghanistan, political struggles in Poland, and of course right here at home in the U.S. So how about a little good news for you today? Would you be up for that? I'll give you this good news coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us for a bit of help and hope for your spiritual journey today under the careful care of our spiritual directors. I'm Patrick Conley. As we all know, there are a variety of news sources out there. And for your good news today, you can have your pick of four as well. Would you like your good news from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Now, you may think I'm joking. Patrick, that's good news, sure, but it's old news. How can it compete with war, natural disasters, and political strife? Well, let me say this. If the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have nothing to contribute to the conversation of the, of the global events of our world today, the very news headlines that you can read right now, much less to your own personal well-being, if they are nothing more than platitudes and wishful thinking, then they're not worthy of the time it takes to read them. They are not divine revelation, and they are certainly not gospels, good news. If, on the other hand, they are gospels, that they do what they claim to do, to reveal the person of Jesus Christ, who in turn reveals the God who is Father of all, then they can and do have very real and very direct effects on the events of everyday life, personally and globally. But how familiar are you with these Gospels? How integrated into your life are the accounts of Jesus' life, his works, and his teaching? And how much do they play a role in shaping the way you go about each day? Today we're offering an introduction to the Gospels here on the program. Providing this introduction and addressing any questions you may have is our spiritual director for the hour, Father Mike Martin. Father Mike is a conventual Franciscan priest and serves as the pastor of St. Philip Benizzi in Jonesboro, Georgia. Father Mike, welcome back to the program. Good to have you with us again. Patrick, thanks so much for having me today. It's good to hear your voice and glad our listeners can join us in this um, special time where, you know, as we reflect on the Gospels, uh, we also reflect upon uh, the Holy Land. You know, you can't read right. the Gospels without being taken by those sacred places and to know that um, that our our hearts are with all those who are suffering uh, mm -hmm. in the uh, the lands that where Jesus walked. And, yeah. you know, so as we ponder that today, we certainly keep uh, keep that intention very close to our hearts. Amen to that. I know that relevant radio listeners around the globe are praying uh, and are praying fervently for a quick and peaceful resolution that honors the, the lives of all who are stricken by this. Well, Father, Amen. as we... As we get into the Gospels today, um, maybe it's just good to have a reminder, start with a reminder of what sacred scripture actually is and what it claims to do. I mean, how is it revelation of God himself? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, the great starting point. Um, this, is, uh, this is how God, um, one of the ways in which God 
has revealed himself over time. And uh, to understand God's self-revelation uh, in the uh, Old Testament and the New Testament uh, is to really not just have some intellectual um, uh, dynamic take place, but more importantly, it's an encounter. Uh, it's a relational encounter with a living word. It's not. Um, it's not. A, you know, dead pages from. You know, the Sea Scrolls. You know, it's. Mm -hmm. It's rather God speaking to us uh, in a personal encounter that um, that we have to believe. Uh, that we place our, our our faith in. We say yes. We believe that this is the divinely inspired Word of God, mm -hmm. uh, and that it has the the fullness of religious truth um, in it, and uh, and we are the the recipients and the caretakers, and not just the caretakers, but we're the proclaimers. You know, we're the we're the ones who um, receive this um, self revelation, and then we're sent into the world to make it uh, make it known. So, right. understanding sacred scripture in that bigger picture, and in that relational context is always, you know, a really great place to start. Yeah. And as uh, as caretakers, as proclaimers, as you said, Father, it demands of us, it seems, that uh, the sacred scripture, and particularly the Gospels, that they have uh, that they have claim to our lives, that they have, uh, an, as I was saying in the opening, an effect on who we are and what we do, how we live, that it's not simply something that is, uh, as, I, as I hinted at anyway, it's not simply something that's it's, uh, nice to read and might conjure within us some, some nice feelings. But this is something that is arresting, that captivates us, it's, and it's meant to, and transform us then, transfigure us even into the likeness of Christ, yeah? Absolutely. And, and you know, if you think of the stories throughout our tradition, but also if you look at any of the stories throughout Scripture, where um, an encounter with God is this sort of blanching um, dynamic where people fall to their knees, people are are knocked down and blinded, people are um, are 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 brought down in homage before. This this experience of God. Whenever that transpires in Scripture, um, always the person who's encountering in that moment is pulled up short. Is you know almost has the wind knocked out of them. You know, mm -hmm. and so I think we should not get so. I don't want to say flippant. That's probably too strong of a word, if you know what I mean. But so casual with scripture that, oh, I've heard that, oh, I've yeah. read that. Or yep. that when when it does smack us a bit and say, this is a, what's going on here? What does this mean? You know, to not dismiss it as, well, that's just some, you know, cultural context from, you know, 2,000 years ago or what have you, but to rather bow before it, first and foremost, bow before it and say, my Lord and my God, and May I humbly encounter you right. as you try to reveal yourself to me, and your self-revelation is paramount, not my understanding. Right.
You know? One of the ways that I heard that expressed, Father, uh, I've heard it expressed in the past, is that the the would-be follower of Jesus must be willing to read the Scriptures, and again, particularly the Gospels, against himself. In other words, yeah. to say that, yeah, like you said, bow before it, that it's not, it's not something that we seek to gain mastery of, but we seek for it to gain mastery over us. The, the interesting thing, Patrick, I think, is that um, reading um, is becoming less and less an integral part of um, of so many people's lives. And it's interesting how, um, you know, over the course of history, you know, for how many, you know, millennia, most people were, um, you know, were illiterate. They, they couldn't read. Uh, and, and now um, we all can read and maybe we don't read as much. And so even the action of sitting down and reading sacred scripture or sitting down and encountering uh, Jesus in the Gospels uh, is a little bit uh, not so normative, you know? And so we've also got to encounter, we've also got to allow for that too, to say, okay, um, hearing the word proclaimed is one thing, talking about the word is another, but actually uh, allowing ourselves to be invited into it by pondering it, by reading it, by reflecting upon it, I think is a skill set that is on the at risk of of being diminished a bit in our in our current maybe our current uh, culture. At the same time, we've got more resources today to mm. better understand sacred scripture than we've ever had in human history, and we should rejoice in that. That's amazing, and it's it is it's something uh, worth worthy of rejoicing in certainly, and uh, yeah, just uh, you know, it comes to mind as you were saying that is a quote that's often attributed to Mark Twain, whether or not it came from him. But the man who doesn't read good books has no advantage over the man who can't read them, exactly. and so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, life is always good when you can quote Mark Twain. You know, what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I'm not sure it was him, but uh, it, it has a little bit of that twist of phrase. It sure. sounds like it might. Sure. Yeah, right. Very good. <laughs> well, um, let's get into the Gospels themselves then, Father. Just, just give us an what When we're saying the Gospels, I mean, if you were just talking to somebody for the first time and they asked, well, what is this Gospels thing that you keep talking about? How would you, uh, how would you answer that? Yeah, um, I, I think just at its simplest, it's the divinely revealed story of the life passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and as, you know, the fulfillment of God's promise uh, being chronicled in these four books, they get elevated to a, a level um, that is of prominence that uh, we, we see obviously uh, played out in the liturgy, liturgy certainly, right. and, and also get played out in you know, in our, the, the lived tradition of our faith over the last 2,000 years, where as much as we value and uh, respect and treasure the fullness of sacred scripture, it's the gospel life that we have been called to. And so it, out of the gate, it points our attention to these four books that, um, that have a uh, a prominence of uh, of place that um, that is always a great great place to start, and so 
Um, I think that appreciating that in many ways the nuances of each of the Gospels um, and the ways in which I was talking with the uh, a deacon friend of mine, we were, we were having dinner the other night at his home, and just talking about how the the scripture, especially the gospels, you think you know the story, mm-hmm. and of course you do, and then you you encounter it, however, in prayer or by reading or hearing it proclaimed, and it 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 catches me as if it were the first time I'm hearing it, you know, as if yeah. it's it's ever new, and that. I think is a power of the gospels where um, that that personification of the word, the word made flesh, but the, the word in the beginning of John's gospel, in that connotation of it, that mm-hmm. there's this encounter that is fresh and vibrant and um, powerfully transformative. And so um, the gospels we, we hold up as um, the epitome of sacred scripture. Mm-hmm. And indeed, ever ancient, ever new. Ever then. new. Uh, yeah, right. right. And it's, right. A, it's an excellent, excellent point, and it's a living way to encounter the living God. So uh, we're talking about the Gospels here today on the show. When was a time when you were arrested by a passage from the Gospels? Maybe that was through your own personal reading. Maybe it was at uh, a Mass that you were attending. What effect did it have in your life? And how did it alter the way that you approached a specific situation or just continue to live out your life? How did it make you more into the image and likeness of Christ? Maybe you have a question about the Gospels as well. We're taking it all here on the program today. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father, uh, uh, as we're as we're talking about this, and I'm already getting excited because I, I'm just thinking of times in my own life where I've I've heard a passage like you said, and it just struck me in an entirely new way, and uh, perhaps it was immediately applicable to a situation that was going on in my life. Um, but there is the question that arises: that um, I mean, how reliable are the Gospels, and and how do we know? How do we know that they're reliable accounts of the person of Jesus Christ and his earthly ministry? Yeah, great question. Um, I think the um, the first thing that that we want to differentiate a bit is, you know, whether we approach the Gospels as history books, or whether we approach them as divine revelation. And mm. obviously, when I phrase it that way, um, you know, any of our listeners are obviously going to go for Plan B, you know, but but <laughs> I, I so. that's right. But it it does not in any way diminish the the historicity of the uh, of the gospel message. The, I mean, the greatest example of um, not using uh, the gospels as a history book is that in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, Jesus's public ministry ministry uh, takes three years. In John's gospel. Jesus' public ministry takes one year. Well, which was it? Was it one year or was it three years? All right, so out of the gate, we've got some historical conflict within the Gospels if you're looking at it purely from a history book perspective. And so that, that really should not be our, um, our desire here. As you know, we can see the same about many other dynamics throughout sacred scripture. Uh, even though they do give us a true historical uh, um, portrait of of the time, so we have in 
other not not non-revelatory works of of not even of our tradition that mm-hmm. are are more secular uh, works we have historical data that supports the basic construct of the story of Jesus and so out of the gate um, we're given an historical uh, snapshot that says yes secondly um, the Gospels at different times um, give us other historical um, persons that we know through other resources are were very you know historically real individuals and and so it gives us additional uh, anchors into a period of time in a particular part of the human story in a particular place on this planet. So we're given throughout the Gospels a lot of those uh, anchors that remind us of the the truth and how we can know that this Jesus is and was a real person who lived and died. And where where we then transcend into a um, a faith-filled historical perspective is, you know, is there historical proof of his resurrection? Well, mm. no, you know. So let's not let's not try to to make this the gospel story into uh, into a proof text, which it is not. It's not a history book, uh, and so we've got to balance our our uh, encounter with God in God's self-revelation with the reality of that period of time in human history in that place with those people um, and, and, and the other thing that I find most compelling uh, that to me far outweighs any other proof of the historicity of the Gospels is that these people who came to know Jesus in these days uh, were willing to die right I, I, I yeah. that just boggles my mind. Like there is no way that you know the number of people who are martyred for the faith, um, you know, do that over a, you know, somebody said something and uh, it was a big hoax. I, I yeah. just I can't go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But right. but aside from that, I think we've got a lot of great historical corroboration of the you know, the, the, the main context of uh, the story of Jesus's life and death. Mm-hmm. Lots more to talk about here when we're talking about the Gospels on today's show with our spiritual director, Father Mike Martin, who is a Franciscan, conventional Franciscan priest and pastor of St. Philip Inizzi in Jonesboro, Georgia. When was the time when you were arrested, when you were captivated by a passage in the Gospels? Maybe it changed your life in a pretty major or just a really notable way. We'd love to hear from you, 888 We'll take your questions as well. If you have questions about the Gospels and anything that you can think to pitch our way, we'll definitely give it some consideration. Again, our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888 And you're always welcome to send us an email as well, if you prefer, innerlife at relevantradio.com. As I said, we got lots more to talk about because there is such a depth of riches and wisdom within the Gospels that we want to unpack as much as we can in the hour ahead. So we're going to take our first short break. We'll be back with more right after this.
If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life. You're on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. Uh, Yeah, it's October, friends, which means that, uh, yeah, you know what? Advent's not that far away, and also something that's not that far away is October 15th, which is the deadline to sign up to hope to win one of 200 beautiful hand-painted nativity sets that were given away. They're valued at over $500 each. Thanks to a generous donor who has donated these so that we can give them away to you so you can display the true, humble, and profound reason for the season for your family and your neighborhood. Sign up to win at RelevantRadio.com slash set and sign up before Midnight Central on October 15th. That's RelevantRadio.com slash set. Our spiritual director today is Father Mike Martin, who is a conventional Franciscan priest. We're talking about the Gospels and introducing the Gospels and about the riches that the Gospels have for us. Father, one of the things that uh, that strikes me, and I'm, I feel like a broken record saying this to the students that I happen to teach, but it's, uh, it's not just that we are invited to know about Jesus, but we are invited to know Jesus himself. So based on what you were just saying about balancing our, our you know, the historicity claims of the Gospels versus the the revelation of who Jesus is. Why are the Gospels the best place to meet Jesus? Yeah, um, I, and I, I think um, I would just pull back a little bit um, about uh, the best place, only because, I mean, we could, we could say the same about the Eucharist, you know. It's, sure, yes, it's, right. It's the best place Absolutely. to meet Jesus. But so I, I, I think what, where you're going with this is when, when we desire um, to know uh, in the personal encounter uh, perspective of the word know, uh, mm-hmm. the Gospels are without a doubt uh, uh, one of the best places uh, to encounter Jesus. And, and, and the rationale for that is that, you know, we go back and we say um, he is the way the truth, and the life. And if you think of those three statements, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that the more we read about him, and not just read about him, but the more we encounter him personally through his way, his truth, his life, Mm. we begin to understand ourselves so much better. Um, as well as coming to know Jesus. I mean, that's the that's the real joy of the gospel. You know, again, um, you know, the, the, the word gospel, you know, means good news, and and the the joy that comes with good news is that the more we ponder, the more we encounter Jesus, the more we learn really about ourselves and the the truth of the gospel. That when God reveals Himself to us in Christ. He is also revealing a lot to us about us. Mm-hmm. And so I think being open to that encounter, to be affirmed, to be loved, to be understood, to be accepted uh, in the encounter with Jesus, who 
humbles himself to take our form, who experiences all that that the human experience has to offer, as do we, with its joys and disappointments, and who ultimately gives the greatest evidence of love, giving of his own life for our sake, that it's the totality of the fullness of the human experience that is made manifest in Jesus. And so I can't, you know, you run out of, of, uh, um, superlatives here, you know, but, <laughs> yep. but, but that's where you you're coming from and asking that question about, is this, is this the best way? And how can you say no to that? Of course, you know, absolutely. The, uh, the power of the encounter, uh, of the way, the truth and the life, uh, I want to know the way I should go. I want to know what is the truth and I want the fullness of life. That is the good news right there mm-hmm. in the personification of Jesus as revealed to us in, in Scripture, especially in the Gospels. And it seems to me that that very fact should shape our expectations, much as it should both for encountering Jesus in the Gospels, but encountering Jesus in the Eucharist and encountering Jesus in prayer as well, that that we should approach the Gospels, it seems, with, a, with that expectation, that we are going to encounter Jesus, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's, I've been on a bit of a harangue lately about... Uh, um, and I may have even uh, mentioned this uh, before when I've been on. I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but you know, I, I just feel like the one of the real difficulties in our current age is balancing the need to know with um, uh, with the the ubiquitous nature of 24-hour cable news channels, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and so. Um, that's not good news, you know, huh. and the, and the human person can only experience so much of that news without it bringing us into a greater sense of anxiety, a greater sense of despair and hopelessness. Whereas the good news does just the opposite. And I'm not saying don't be aware of what's going on in Gaza right now. I'm not saying don't be aware of what what real people are experiencing in in parts of our own country where there's poverty or violence or whatever it might be. I'm not saying close your eyes to that. I'm simply saying that um, the 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 human person needs a sustenance, real sustenance that it, we are nourished by the word. We are nourished in in goodness, in holiness, in truth. And and just simply ask myself, have I given the good news today as much space as I've given to that other news? Mm-hmm. And in most cases, mm-hmm. it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Sadly, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Excellent point, Father. And I think we'll return to that. But let's take a phone call here first. Jim is calling in from Appleton, Wisconsin. Jim, thanks for calling to the Inner Life. Welcome. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the... Uh, Gospel uh, uh, verses that really struck me uh, in studying the the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 17, I'm reading how um, Jesus prayed for his disciples, and uh, in in verse 19 it says, I consecrate myself now for their sake, that they may be consecrated in truth. And then what the part that got me is in verse 20 and 21, where Jesus says, I do not pray for them alone. 
I, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their word, that all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And it just really struck me that Jesus, my Lord and Savior, is praying for me. And that, that just really struck me, and I just felt like it it just deepened my my faith, my my trust in, in Jesus. Uh, it just really hit me, and I know I've heard that many times, but all of a sudden I read it, and it just hit me in a, in a different way. Jim, that's uh, I'm so glad you uh, called our attention to that um, that passage, not only for the way in which it has really impacted you, but um, but also it 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 supports this um, this truth that Jesus intended Jesus intended for others to be impacted by the way in which his word would be made manifest through us that none of us can absent ourselves from being proclaimers of of the word you know when Jesus says I you know I I pray not only for them but also for those who will believe in me through their word like you know Jesus is is forecasting that the the spread of the good news has to be through all of us that you know we're we're charged to have this encounter and then not to just put it under a bushel basket not to just say well I'm glad I I get it a little bit more now but we've got to be the ones bringing that word uh, to, to the rest of the world. And Jesus is not only praying for us to do that, but he's also praying that we'll, you know, for those who will hear that, that, that they will be one with us as well. What a great passage. Mm-hmm. It is indeed, Jim. Thank you for the phone call and thank you for the encouragements. And uh, you're exactly right. I'm, I'm just floored by that, that just to think about, yeah, yeah, Jesus was re- was referring to us. Was referring to us in that passage, and uh, in his in his uh, divine foresight there, um, it's just a wonderful rem- remembrance that uh, he is specifically thinking of uh, everyone that would c- to come and believe in him because of their words. So, thank you, Jim. Thank you for the phone call. Talking about the Gospels today on the Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Mike Martin, and we are unpacking some of the great riches and treasures that are in the Gospels. If you have a particular passage that has meant a lot to you over the course of your life, tell us tell us what it is and tell us why at 888-914-9149. Uh, well, going back to what you were just saying, Father, right before um, we took Jim's call, was uh, this balance between, you know, kind of more temporal or worldly secular news and the good news uh, that is to be found in the person of Jesus Christ and in the Gospels specifically. Um, so maybe just how would you, how often would you say we should be reading the gospels and, and in what way should be, would be, should we be incorporating the gospels into our lives? You know, Patrick, I don't know that there is a one size that fits all response to that, nor, okay. um, yeah. and I, I also think that, um, for many of, for all of us at different spaces in, uh, in our journey, um, we can encounter the Gospels in different ways that will be, you know, a, a, good, uh, a good approach for us. I would say this, that the, the adult Christian um, needs to, at some point, have read uh, all four Gospels. And, um, 
and to read them, and I don't normally recommend this with necessarily with other parts of uh, sacred scripture, but I do believe that that reading them consecutively, so going Matthew and then to Mark and then to Luke uh, and then to John in in that order to at least once have read through them all that way. That's mm. just one way to begin to appreciate the um, the dynamics of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then the very different dynamic of John's Gospel um, to compare a little bit uh, some of that to see what's in some and you know what's in the Synoptics, what's not in in John's Gospel, or vice versa. Um, but also, I, I would say in, ter- in terms of how often, I, I think daily there mm-hmm. needs to be some connection with the Gospel. And again, here's where today. Um, you know, we have a zillion resources that can give us, you know, a daily quote, a daily, you know, like to, to every day to ponder some word of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. um, would be, again, if it's just one saying of Jesus, or th- that could be, you know, so transformational. Um, but I, I do think that the Gospels um, themselves uh, need to be read in, in their fullness. And again, you can't, the, all of the, 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 the verse numbers and the chapters are not divinely inspired. You know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're in some ways, they're somewhat arbitrary. And so don't get caught up. Well, I'm going to read a chapter. That's, you might as well say, I'm going to read 16 books. Like what, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I would let the Holy Spirit guide the amount that you read at a time and, and, and if your mind wanders a little, let it wander, you know, and, and let let the encounter, like uh, any encounter, any conversation, you know, doesn't have to have a, you know, an outline to it. it it's it, it's free flowing. So allow allow the gospels, I think, to be that is is what we're what we're really called uh, to do. I do think that, um, you know, there are like Matthew's gospel to me is the easiest to read. I, I and I, I'll say this as a preacher: it's the easiest to preach. Um, <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, it's okay. just. It's got rich uh, symbolism, and it, and it it's uh, it's it's rather direct, and um, uh, it's just it's a preacher's joy. Yeah. Um, John's gospel uh, is so rich, and I find praying John's gospel mm. to be really powerful for me. You know that that I I pray better with John's gospel than I preach John's gospel. Mm. You know, so you get all of that kind of nuance going, um, and and there's there's so much to encounter. But I would say daily have the words of Jesus in your mind. Some love find it. some way to do that. Yeah, love it, Father. Thank you. Let's go back to the phones. Nicole is calling in from Cocoa Beach, Florida. Good afternoon, Nicole. Thanks for calling the Inner Life. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Father. Um, so the, what I, I'm new in the faith, uh, about three or four years now, I grow more each day. And I um, have learned a lot of the Gospels from listening to and going to daily Mass. So I'll listen to two on, you know, one on relevant radio, another station, and then I attend daily Mass. And then we pray the rosary. Now, while, while contemplating the mysteries, it gets me to think more about these 
these readings and it wants it makes me want to delve more and it was just this morning actually that i was uh contemplating the transfiguration and right after the rosary i just ran over to that adoration chapel and i just sat before the blessed sacrament i said jesus you know help me open my mind let me learn more i want to know i want to know about this but if it wasn't for daily mass and the rosary it would be uh, hard for me to daily, you know, delve into this. But mm-hmm. it draws you closer and closer each and every day. Nicole, thanks so much. You know, I um, although I do want to ask you, what are these other radio stations you might be listening to? I mean, that that there's only one radio station to listen to. That, that, you don't have to be listening to anybody else. Just kidding, of course. But I think the <laughs> the, the the beauty here is how. You're seeing in your life that the um, the liturgical expression of of the church uh, and its um, uh, its other rituals really bring us face to face with an encounter of Jesus in the Gospels. And you're so right. I mean, that's really the the part the point of the. Um, of the rosary is to give us some space to ponder these mysteries Mm -hmm. and they should create a desire i want to know this more i want to i want to explore this more and um the fact that you you know you've got that zeal i think is is just so precious i would say to you though that the beauty of the church uh and and the glory of god is that it's not limited to one, you know, only in this way and only in that way, like only through the rosary can we, and I don't think you're saying that at all, um, but I, I, what I just want to encourage our listeners who maybe find the rosary difficult or who maybe just are in a space in their lives where mass is, is kind of tough for them, that it, there are other ways to still encounter Jesus in the gospel. And even if it's, you know, it, in small snippets, don't give up. And that's where your testament of, of your, um, you know, you've come to the faith somewhat recently and it wasn't just this passing moment, man. You're, you're pedaling harder every day. And that, man, what a great, uh, what a great witness. Thanks for sharing that with us, Nicole. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for your admirable zeal there, Nicole, and uh, great encouragement for us as we are talking about the Gospels today here, getting more and more into the Gospels that we might draw more and more of the riches of Christ out of the Gospels for our daily lives, as well as for the life of our world in which we live, which uh, could certainly use it every day. Our spiritual director today is Father Mike Martin, and if you have a particular passage of the Gospels that is a favorite, tell us why, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about the Gospels. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife@relevantradio.com. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of the program right after this. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com slash quest.
Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Setovich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser on the phones today for us. Hey, what if you could only receive communion once in your life? Can you imagine that? I can't imagine that. I can't even fathom what that would be like. But uh, this week's Eucharistic Encounter video is uh, tells a tale. Father Rocky will tell you about a man who received communion once from his hands, but he was able to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. It was his first communion, his last communion, his only Holy Communion. Check it out at relevantradio.com slash encounter and sign up for a free video, this free video series. You'll receive a new video in your inbox every week. And we're talking about Jesus in the Eucharist. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. Again, our spiritual director today, Father Mike Martin, who's a conventual Franciscan priest and pastor of St. Philip Benizi in Jonesboro, Georgia. We're talking about the Gospels here on the program today. Father, maybe what might be helpful, you talked a little bit about Matthew, in your mind, being the easiest to read, certainly the easiest to preach. You talk about John being um, so easiest to pray, perhaps. Maybe just give us an idea of what we're going to learn about, or maybe the, the unique takes on Jesus in each of the four Gospels. Sure. Um, I think the, um, uh, the, probably the, the best way to, for everyone, um, regardless of where, uh, where you are in your spiritual journey, um, what, what's really helpful is that the, you, always the first page in every Bible— uh, certainly in every Catholic Bible, the first page has a beautiful, um, con- you know, it, it contextualizes the um, the Gospels uh, for us, and it helps us to um, uh, it helps us to better read and under and, uh, and appreciate um, where what we're really uh, encountering, and so. Um, we we see that, for example, Luke's gospel, you know, mm-hmm. has a a real uh, concern for for justice. There's a a, a real optic of um, it, it's written primarily to a uh, to a Gentile audience, and 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 so understanding, um, especially not just in the 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 reality of being you know virtual outsiders to a certain extent in the early christian community that uh, began you know in in a in a jewish context the um, luke understands the dynamic of the the disenfranchised mm-hmm. and he really powerfully speaks to that dynamic um really beautifully um uh you know in in uh, in in, the, in that in that uh, chapter, or pardon me, in that book, the um, the, the what we want to understand, you know, Mark is written, um, you know, much more um, uh, to a, a, you know, he he stresses Jesus um, uh, about the, the the message of the kingdom. You hear a lot about the message of the kingdom uh, in in Mark's gospel. Yeah. Um, Matthew, I just find, um, has a a, a much more personal component to it and then obviously John uh, is a is a later version that is much more highly stylized so uh, each of those I think give us a um, a different context and I I 
can't encourage enough reading those those introductory pages will give you some some real um, particular insights into that specific gospel that I think can be a real help. Okay. All right. Wow. And, uh, you know, I frequently, well, not frequently, but regularly I'm asked uh, about what gospel I would recommend for somebody who's just starting off to. And uh, if... I mean, there are so it's it's a diff, difficult question to answer because of some of the things that you've already pointed out. So I, I do tend to lean in the direction of Luke, but uh, that the main reasons for that is that one, it does have the Christmas story, which many people are familiar <laughs> with, and so you know it, it helps people to engage and oh yeah, I remember this or I've heard this before or something like that. Um, and I think that too, since it was written for a Gentile audience um yeah that there is uh there is a little bit more for those of us who may be less familiar with say like matthew's references to script to prophecy and things like that so yeah just uh i i don't think there's necessarily a bad place to start when it comes into uh getting into the gospels there as well well uh let's i tell you what let's take another phone call uh susan has been waiting patiently in phoenix arizona good or good morning excuse me to you susan and just a few minutes left but uh, yeah what have you got for us Hi, good morning. Yeah, about that passage, John fourteen six, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I met a gal in, um, when I was in college. She was in college in Japan studying English literature, and she had been studying Shakespeare and so on. Somebody said, well, you got to look at, read the Bible, take a look at it. And she opened it up and, of course, landed right there at John fourteen six, And it just shocked her because Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which in Japanese, she explained to me, they don't have definite articles, the word the. They Hmm. have indefinite articles like A and N. So this just literally uh, riveted her, and she started studying and reading the Bible. She eventually became Catholic, and it was just through reading that first passage of John's Gospel. Wow. To me, that was just amazing. Susan, you know, it's interesting how um, the cultural contexts in which the, the, uh, the Gospels were written is one thing, and then the cultural contexts in which the Gospel is proclaimed is quite another, and how God uses both, how God uses the, the cultures of the times in which these sacred scriptures were uh, were first orally communicated and then written down, but also uses our culture for us to have a uh, uh, some sort of dynamic uh, back and forth, you know. And and I think we could all say that, um, for example, some of the passages that we've heard at Sunday Mass over the last few weeks, where uh, you know you have the different uh, the story of the the owner of the vineyard that goes out at different times during the day and brings uh, uh, workers back in and then pays them all the same. You know, like mm-hmm. in our cultural context, that's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Uh, you know, and, and, and so we're, we're confronted with the challenge of saying, okay, what, you know, is Jesus just, he doesn't get, uh, you know, the United States. It's like a lot of times people say that about uh, the Pope, you know, that, oh, he doesn't understand our, our reality. I, I think God understands our reality quite well, <laughs> you know. And so, um, as you say, in a Japanese culture or uh, you know any other culture, how does this play out? And it it, it always we talked about this a little bit earlier. How 
it pulls us up short to say, wow, okay, what, what does this mean in relationship to what's commonly accepted in our everyday experience here in Vietnam or here in Malaysia or here in Canada, wherever we might find ourselves? Mm, yeah. Susan, thanks for the phone call. And it's just another great reminder of you never know how the Lord is going to, how you are going to encounter the Lord, how the Lord is going to speak to you when we uh, just take up, a, like you said before, Father, just a, even a very brief gospel passage each day and uh, see how that shapes our lives. So, yeah, again, thank you, Susan. Thank you for the phone call. Maybe in our closing couple of minutes here, Father, before we ask for your blessing, uh, just a word about Lexio Divina, about praying the scriptures and how we might incorporate that practice in when it comes to reading the gospels. You know, I, I think um, I'm glad that we only have a few moments to, uh, <laughs> to, to say, talk about it. No, seriously, because I think sometimes Lexio Divina, first of all, when people hear a Latin phrase, they think, oh my gosh, you know, this isn't for me. I'm not that advanced and um, slow down. You know, all, all Lexio Divina is, is a, and it's an encounter with God in sacred scripture that doesn't read the scripture the same way in which we read anything else. So all it's acknowledging is we have to read sacred scripture at a, at a different pace mm. with a different sound that, you know, we should do it Again, a lot of times our culture we're about speed reading. You know, can you? Re we're not trying. Right. There's no. There's no race here. You know, in Lexio Divina, you want to take it slow and you want to do it multiple times. You know, where you you read it and then you you pause and then you reread it and then you pause again. You know, so that you allow different components of the passage to 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 speak to your heart to encounter you uh, in a space of quiet in a space of prayer and in a space where you know that um, God is desiring to lead you um, by this encounter, not just you accumulating more knowledge about God. That's not a bad thing. It's just not what Lexio Divina is all about. You're not studying sacred scripture here. What you're doing is you're prayerfully opening your heart, your mind, your soul, your body to God's word and let it seep in in a in a, uh, a limited space and so that's a such a thumbnail description but I think in this instance it should be a thumbnail so that everyone sure. realizes everybody can do this it's not it's not terrible I mean yeah it's not hard come on perfect. it's God's word perfect thank you father may we have a blessing from you certainly may God's word continue to inspire us, continue to call us, and continue to bless us each and every day so that we may follow Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Again, to hear any part of the program, again, go to relevantradio.com slash life. Coming up next is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant Father Richard Ketchel. Tomorrow on the program, all about grace. Make sure to tune in for that with Father Michael Hurley. Until then, grace and peace.